0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it's teaching time. It's teaching time, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your Bibles where you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your Bibles, come on. Lift your Bibles, come on, if your Bibles on your phone, lift your Bible. in your iPad. Lift your Bible. Hallelujah. We're in the season of Pentecost. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can receive all the promises of God that are in my Bible this is my Bible and my Bible gives me everything that I need to prosper in God my Bible is my shield my Bible is faith my Bible teaches me how to love God it teaches me how to walk and to be a reflection of Christ in the earth this is my bible in jesus name we pray amen amen come on put your hands together this morning thank you ministry of worship we love you so much hallelujah we love you so much i want you to go quickly to the book of matthew chapter number 28 chapter number 28 chapter number 28 we're going to be speaking on the subject called Go. hallelujah we're into the second month of our second quarter hallelujah our theme for this quarter is called hallelujah a season of manifestation this month's theme is going to be called reset hallelujah i really believe that in this season we've got to reset our mind we've got to reset our thoughts and we've got to reset our focus our focus. We've got to reset our focus. Reset our focus. That means that you've got to unplug something. You've got to plug back into the same outlet so that you can receive the new download or the new update. When something is reset, it means that it has to be reconfigured. It means that uh, there's some updates that need to take place. There's some inner workings that take place uh, on the technical end that you cannot see. God wants us to reset our spirit, our mind, our hearts. He wants us to reset so that we can begin to focus on what it's going to take for us to become a church that begins to do the work Of the father Jesus finishes the work of his father (laughs) but now Jesus goes and he's now sitting at the right hand of the father so now our language shifts he's no longer just Jesus he's now Christ you hearing that now he's no longer Jesus in human flesh with all power and authority, miracles, signs and wonders. But He's now Jesus Christ, one name, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, the finisher of all that His Father sent Him to do. He's now preparing, He's now on a journey. He's now on a journey To set things in place so that the church will be birthed from his ascension. Come on now. He's, He's now still preparing. He's now with the disciples as we begin to talk about this on today. He's not ascended yet. He's risen from the grave, meaning that the work of his father has been finished And now Jesus becomes Christ to the disciples where he now gives them the mandate for them to now do the work of the finished risen Savior. (laughs) To do the work. There is a work that we've been assigned to do, a work that we've been assigned to do in the kingdom of God having the will and christ-like mindset to reclaim the next generation will not be an easy task however if we are willing to allow christ to retake the center of their hearts then we must go i want you to hear that again having the will And the Christ-like mindset to reclaim the next generation will not be an easy task. However, if we are willing to allow Christ to retake the center of their hearts, then we must go. I I want you to hear where we are. We've got to reset our minds that Christ is now giving us the mandate to reclaim the generations that have been lost. The generations that we see here today that are lost and they've not experienced the power of God. They've not experienced salvation. They have not experienced this. And so our assignment is that we must go. I want to read that again to you. Having the will and Christ-like mindset to reclaim, the next generation will not be an easy task. However, if we are willing to allow Christ to retake the center of their hearts, then we must go. I'm always reminded of my father saying to me as a child, uh, when we would be uh, preparing to go out to do street ministry in Melissa, and I I would be so nervous, and I just didn't know what to do. And, 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 and my father would simply say this to me. He says, all you need to do is go, and God will lead you into the next place. All you need to do is just get up and go, and, and God will take care, and he will lead you into a world that is full of people who need Jesus. Freddie, just go. All we need to do is just get up and go. I'm going to keep bringing this back to you so that you can get this in your mind. Freddie, if you would just have the will and Christ-like mindset to reclaim the next generation, although it won't be easy, however, if we're willing to allow Christ to retake the center of their hearts, then we must go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart Be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength and our Redeemer. Father, we thank you that as we minister the word of the Lord on today, as we stand boldly today, Father, as we stand humbly before your people today, Father, we ask that you use our voice, O God. That you use our voice to minister to them, Father God. That you use our voice, O God so that your will and your mandate may be heard for Christ to retake the hearts of a broken generation. Father, we thank you that we don't tire during this moment, that we remain awake, that we remain focused. So now, Father, I pray now that their ears remain alert. Father, that they won't become sleepy or, or negligent in listening. But Father, we thank you that we only just not listen, but we will receive. And as we receive, Father God, we will become doers of the word of God. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What is discipleship? I think that's a question that many of us should always think about. What is discipleship? When I grew up, I thought discipleship was Going out, passing out the track, ministering to somebody, getting them saved, and then waiting on them to get the church. That's what we were taught discipleship was. Discipleship was evangelism. It was going out, ministering. That's when we had tracks growing up. And they gave us these tracks. And on some of the tracks, they had the red little devil on it. If you ain't saved, you're going to hell. That's that's what they gave us to pass out, y'all. They gave us those tracks that says, heaven or hell. If you ain't saved, you're going to hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Sunday school, they would teach us that uh, your crown and the jewels in your crown depended on how many people you got saved. I'm just telling y'all what they told us discipleship was. If you got a 100 people saved, then your crown is going to be full of jewels. As I got older, I'm sitting there saying, man, my crown's going to be empty because... I'm scared to talk to him because I don't want people to reject me. I don't want people to laugh at me. But my father reminded of what he told me. If you would simply just go, God will lead you into a world where people have not heard from God. But you have to go and just simply share the word. Discipleship is more than just going out on the street and feeding the homeless. Discipleship is more than going out on the street and we're taking our videos and we're doing so much for the city. Uh, that's a part of it, but that's not the major component. It- of discipleship. I I begin to ask God, uh, what does discipleship look like? And um, I was sitting there watching a a pastor talk about discipleship, and and I begin to say, Lord, give me a definition of what discipleship looks like to the Rock Church and to the kingdom of God. And he rested this in my soul. Discipleship is the beginning of a never-ending relationship. That makes and conforms the lives of unbelievers to a place where they are spiritually immersed, trained, and developed to live and to make other disciples through what? The teaching of God's word. I want you to see that again. What is discipleship? If, if, if you want to take something home today, I want you to teach. I want you to hear this definition and take it with you. What is discipleship? It is the beginning of a never-ending relationship that makes and conforms the lives of unbelievers not those who are coming to church and you've already been saved. Discipleship is connected to the unbeliever, to a place where they are spiritually immersed, trained, and developed to what? To live and to make other disciples through the teaching of the Word of God. I like that. Uh, they're, They're spiritually immersed they're trained and developed to do what to live and to make other disciples through the teaching of God's word so so can i say it it's it's much bigger than what we see it sometimes if we're not training if we're not developing those that we win to Christ to make other disciples through the word of God that has been given to them, then we're just simply getting people saved. There is a difference in winning people to Christ and discipling those that we win to Christ. I want to talk about five principles of discipleship on the day. Five principles. I pray that I'm able to finish, but if not, then I'll probably come back and, and do a small video to, to finish this. Uh, five key principles of discipleship. Discipleship. Uh, if we can read there uh, the scripture right there in Matthew 28, 16 and 20. Simply says this, verse number 16, starting there, the book of Matthew. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus has designated. Verse number 17, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Verse number 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me, in heaven and in earth. Going into verse number 19, uh, 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 he says, uh, Go ye therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go to verse number 20 there for me. And then he says, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to focus right there on verses 19 and 20. I want you to go back to verse number 19 for me if you can. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, verse number 20, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Five key principles of discipleship. Number one, he said to go. The first principle of discipleship is that we must go, therefore. We must get out of the place that we're in and we must be available and willing to go there for. Jesus gives the disciples a mandate to go, meaning that they should be actively, actively moving and going from place to place where there can be distance involved. He says to get up and go, not just down the street, Not just around the corner, but I want you to go there for wherever you feel led, I want you to go there. Wherever you sense that, that I might be moving or the people of God may want to hear the message of Jesus Christ, I want you to go there. Uh, in, 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 in in Isaiah 66 and 18, I like what it says. He says, "For I know their works and their thoughts. The time is coming to gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. Mark 16 and 15 says this, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach. The gospel to all creation. Can I add something to that? Go therefore, go therefore and preach. I don't go there to make money. Don't go there uh, to build your own name. Don't don't go there to build your own fortune. He says, Go therefore, and when you go therefore, I only want you to do one thing preach the gospel. Come on now. I I want you to go therefore, meaning I want you to be available and willing to go. The first principle of discipleship is that the church must be willing to go therefore. Uh, Wherever the therefore may be for the church, he says that when you go, go therefore preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus being giving all authority from heaven he says go preach the gospel what is the gospel? the good news that will save heal and deliver all mankind and, uh, what is the gospel Brittany it is the good news of Jesus Christ uh, when people hear good news what do they do uh, they listen to it they respond to it but we've got to preach the good news of Jesus Christ uh, we've got to preach the good news that will heal the broken we've got to preach the good news that will save the lost we've got to preach the good news that will deliver all mankind from their pain, from their anguish, from their agony, from their torment, from their frustration, from whatever they're going through. He says that when you go, therefore, preach a good word. Preach a good word that will bring good news to the hopeless, that will bring good news to the broken, that will bring good news to those who are famished and need nourishment. Come on now. Those who are homeless, those who are needy, those who are poor, the first responsibility in discipleship is that we must make a willing and available commitment that we're going to go there for and bring good news. Come on now, to bring good news. I like this quote here, the preaching of the gospel is preached so that we might all be saved. So that we might all believe and be saved. Come on now. The preaching of the good news is so that they might believe and be saved. So point number two is, a uh, point number one is that we must go therefore. Uh, then he says right here in that B clause in verse number 19, number two, we must create a Christ-centered environment where we can make disciples. Come on now. So number one, we must go therefore. Preaching a good news, preaching the good news that will save, heal, and deliver all mankind. And after they are one to Christ, we must create a Christ centered environment where we can make disciples. That means that we've got to have a place where we can bring the saved, the new convert, back to a place where we can make them disciples. Come on now. Did y'all hear that? Uh, Don't just leave them. Don't just leave them standing there. Uh, Create an environment where you can go back and where you can bring them into a place where you can make them disciples. Jesus says that after we preach the gospel, his death, his burial, his resurrection of the risen Christ, uh, that we must make, when we look at that word make, I I like that word make, uh, convince, by giving them the opportunity to become followers. Come on now, just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're a discipled Christian. Come on now, we got that mixed up. Come on now, just because you said I believe in my heart and I confess that he is the son of God uh, uh, and that he rose from the grave and and he forgave my sins, no, he's just only your savior right there. But when you're made to be a disciple, he now becomes not only your your savior, but he now becomes your lord. Come on now, uh, the lordship of your life. Come on now, so we've got to give them an opportunity. We've got to convince them, Uh, allow them to be convinced that what God has saved them from, he can now make them a disciple to preach and to give life to the same ones who they have been pulled away from. Come on now. I want to be made a disciple when we look at that. Come on now, Uh, convince them by giving them an opportunity to become followers of Christ. I like what Acts 1 and 8 says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Come on now, both in Jerusalem and in all Judah and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Come on now, uh, making a disciple is bigger than just, come on now, talking about and padding the number and talking about, I got this many people and I got this many. how many disciples do you have? You know, I, I would probably be wrong if, if I responded to a pastor and, and said, how many disciples do you have? I don't want to hear how many people you have coming to church. How many made disciples, Christ-centered followers, do you have in in your church that should be the question that we should be asking when we talk about roll call how many disciples do you have how many disciples have you made from going therefore and preaching the good news how many have you reached and convinced that gave them an opportunity to become a follower of Christ. Acts 14 and 21, when we see Acts 14, 21, and after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystria, Alconium and to Antioch. they returned back home hallelujah where they were doing the work you can see that they left home to go preach the word and when they were done they came back home with the report that we've got disciples come on now we we preach the good news we must create a christ-centered environment where we the church not the preacher now come on now not The pastor, come on now, the pastor doesn't make disciples, come on now, the pastor gives the mandate for the sheep to go Therefore, come on now, and preach the good news that I've given you to preach, come on now. The good news that God has placed in your heart from hearing what the man of God has been teaching you every single week, come on now. We look at this here. We've got to create this environment. I remember growing up, honey, and I, and I know you're probably going to look at my son and say, you need to learn this next song. And Jara you probably need to learn it. But there was a song, Gwen, that Mama and them used to sing. And it says, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be one of his disciples. Charmin, you hear it? I want to walk in the newness of life. So let me be a follower of Christ. The course What do I have to do? What do I have to say, hey How do I have to walk each and every day Tell me what does it cost if I carry the cross So let me be a follower of Christ Hey, hey, hey See, 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 when we went to church, uh, they taught you that in Sunday school. uh, What do I have to do? What do I have to say? How do I have to walk each and every day? Tell me what does it cost if I carry the cross? So let me be. A follower of Christ, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. And Jesus is to trust and obey, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. See, y'all don't know church. See, that was church when we grew up. Hallelujah. Even when we came in... From the club we heard, because he lived. Come on now. uh, They sang the song, what do I have to do? What do I have to say? Tell me, how do I have to walk each and every day? Come on, don't just give me that. But tell me then, what does it cost if I carry the cross? So let me be a follower of Christ. Come on now, true discipleship means that we must create opportunities and environments where we can make disciples. When when I grew up, come on now, you got up on Saturday morning and you were in church all day on Saturday learning how to minister the word of God when you went out on the street. they did, They didn't just put you out there. They took you through an all-day class. Oh my God, Pat Broom! come on now, bless her soul, come on now. Uh, Pat Broom and and, and Mother Gail Reese, come on now. We would go to Gail Reese's church on Saturday at 4 o'clock and we wouldn't be done till 9 o'clock because they would be teaching us how to win people to Christ. And now we just say, oh, you can just do it like this. No, no, it takes time to make disciples. You can't make a disciple in 30 minutes. You can't make a disciple in 30 days. It takes time to make disciples and that's why we've got to create creative environments where we can spend time making disciples so that they will ask, what do I have to do? Uh, uh, What do I need to say, Bishop? uh, How do I have to walk Uh, each and every day? Tell me what does it cost if I carry the cross? So let me be. A follower of Christ. Come on now. Disciples choose to follow Christ and are not forced to do it beyond their own will or choice. Did did you hear that? Come on now. They, They choose. Come on now. Disciples choose to follow Christ and are not forced to do it beyond their own will or their choice. That's why when you hear it, what do I have to do? Come on now, because when you ask the question, that means that you're asking because you know that you're getting ready to make a choice. Come on now, tell me what does it cost? Because I don't know if I'm ready, but when I hear the cross, because I'm learning to carry the cross, so let me be a follower of Christ. Come on now, because He lives, I know that He holds my future in His hands. So that means that I know that I can do all that God has. Called me to do because I've made the choice. Come on now, I've decided a long time ago uh, there would be no doubt in my mind. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Come on now, uh, oh come on now. Uh, are y'all hearing it? Are you hearing it? Uh, come on now, come on now. We 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 number three. Come on, let's let's move here. Uh, we must be diverse in our approach. As we preach and make disciples of all nations. Number one, we must go therefore preaching the good news. Two, we must create opportunities and environments that convince the saved, now believer, to become a follower of Christ. But then he says, I want you to go into all nations. We've got to be diverse. In our approach as we preach and make disciples, Jesus did not limit the mandate to going and preaching and making disciples to just one certain group. Yes. Come on now. Uh, he said to them, make them disciples of all nations, meaning that color, race, creed would not be a hindrance or roadblock in preaching the good news. See, see, when you're preaching good news, good news can be given to anybody when you're preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Christ come on now not your own made up theology uh, that's when you begin to choose your own race you begin to choose your own peculiar people because now you have something that cannot be offered to everybody else Jesus says that when you go ye therefore into all nations if you will preach Jesus him crucified him buried him risen come on now and him sitting at the right hand of the father good news cannot be denied. Come on now. You'll have those who will sit there and not come but then there is a remnant who's going to respond to him crucified, to him buried. Come on now. To him risen and to now him living and sitting at the right hand of the Father. Hey, you've got to preach Jesus. You've got to pray Jesus. You've got to talk about Jesus. You've got to live Jesus. If we're going to make disciples and allow God to retake their hearts, we We've got to give him Jesus. Come on now, Jesus who used to be on the cross, Jesus who was on the cross, Jesus who is no longer on the cross, Jesus who's now risen. Come on now, with all power in His hand. But Jesus who has now ascended and He sits at the right hand of His Father. But He still has the same power that He had when He died on the cross. He still has the same power that He had when He was in the grave. He still has the same power. When he turned the water into wine at Canaan, he still has the same power. That's why he said, preach Jesus. Hey, come on now, somebody say Jesus. I dare you to say Jesus. Come on now, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon, Jesus in the evening, Jesus in the late night hour. Hey, I feel a preacher right there. I say Jesus on my mind all day. Jesus be the center of my joy. Jesus the anchor of my life. Preach Jesus to all nations. Come on now. When we preach Jesus... We've got to understand that there will not be a hindrance Uh, uh, that there's going to be forces but the good news, come on now people will walk to hear the good news come on now, they'll drive to hear the good news, they'll stand in line to get good news, come on now a good news that talks about a savior that cares, that talks about a savior who will lift you up out of the miry clay a savior that will come down and he'll speak to you when you can't speak to yourself, a savior that will pray with you, a savior that loves you unconditionally, we're talking talking about God hallelujah hey we're talking about the Holy Ghost you gotta preach Jesus and preach Jesus and preach that Jesus is the only way hallelujah I am the light. I am the only way no man cometh unto the father but by me if you come by me your life will be better if you learn to live through me your life will be greater come on now Hear it now. Uh, so number one, we gotta go ye therefore. Come on, we gotta go therefore. Number two, uh, uh we've we, we gotta we've gotta make disciples. And then number three, we've gotta discover that all nations uh uh, are required in making disciples the the nation in, in Luke 24 uh, uh, 47 through 49 and the repentance for forgiveness of sin uh, would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem next verse come on now. Uh, uh, uh. And you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49 uh, and behold I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed come on now with power from on high. Whatever you do don't leave this place. Whatever you do don't walk away. Whatever you do don't turn around and get on your cell phone and get on Facebook. I need you to stay right here because I want to clothe you with power from on high. He says that when you go into all nations, you got to keep them there for a moment so that I can come and visit them after you preach the good yes, news. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Come on now. Come on now. We're moving. Yes. Uh, uh, we're moving. Come on now. Point number four. Come on now. Come on now. we got to understand this. Point number four, we cannot overlook or bypass the importance of baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go ye therefore, go therefore and preach good news. After you preach the good news, create an opportunity where you can convince them to become disciples and followers of me. And then number three, make sure that you don't ignore all the nations that are in need of being made disciples. But then after you get to all nations, after you make them disciples, after you go there for, I want you not to overlook the importance of baptizing them. Come on now, uh, uh, baptizo, we've heard that word before. Uh, uh, It's not what you think it is, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Can I just break this down here, Uh, baptizing them, immersing them training them and developing them see this is where the disciples start being made At right here uh, you win them and points are uh, one through three but th- this is where we make them right here uh we immerse them come on now we begin to wash them we begin to take them through the wringer and the dryer by giving them the father the son and the holy spirit come on now we get a lot of people saved but we don't baptize them By washing them in the word, uh, by immersing them in the things of God, the character of God. By coming into agreement, we teach them how to live with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, We teach them how to understand that they are all one. Come on now, all one entity. Come on now. Uh, Hey, come on now. We teach them and we baptize them in the name of the Father by preaching to them, by teaching to them, by creating correctness where they can see that their salvation is connected to their agreement and their commitment and their alignment and their character and their behavior and their conduct, their righteousness living. Come on now. Y'all gotta understand their moral ethical conduct. Come on now. It's connected to the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. You can't say that you love me and you live a nasty life. You can't say that you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you don't know how to intercede and to pray your way out of situations. You can't say that you love me so much that you will not abide and remain in true fellowship with me. See, when we teach disciples that their salvation is not only connected to a confession and a belief, but it is your connection, it is your belief that allows you to recognize where it comes from. It comes from the Father, it comes from the Son, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. Ah, Come on now. Baptizing them in the name of the Father. The Son and the Holy Spirit, it represents the essential nature of the person. And by being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the baptized believer is introduced into a special fellowship. And dependence upon them and expresses, come on now, expresses the idea that I understand but I've now come into full alignment. My life, my identity is now in full alignment with God, the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's just like when you teach your children. Uh, you, you 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 immerse your culture into your children when they go to school. The teacher immerses them into a culture of teaching them what two plus two is, and then they graduate them to two times two. I'm not going to go any further because I don't want to jack up. You know, math was not my subject, so I don't want to stay right there. Come on now, addition and subtraction, algebra, geometry, Lord help us. That's why I went to seminary. I could do Bible, I didn't have to do all of the other stuff, but when we think about it, don't be laughing at me, Brittany. Brittany's like, Lord, help. He stopped at two times, too. <laughs> but, but, but it's just like when you go to school, you're immersed in what? The training that they're going to give you. That's the same way with making a disciple. We've got to immerse them in the washing of the word of God. So that they will remain connected. They understand who the Father is. They understand who the Son is. They understand what the power of the Holy Ghost is and how it works and moves in their life so that when difficult and hard times come, they don't just turn around and run. True disciples know how to lean on the Father. They know how to call on the Son. And then they know that the Holy Spirit knows how to jump in at the right time when they can't pray for themselves. And I will intercede on your behalf come on now i like this acts 8 and 16 it says here for he had not yet fallen upon them they had simply been baptized in the name of the lord jesus he had not yet fallen upon them. When you, when you read that story, uh, uh, they had not had hands laid upon them to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. That there, there's a moment where God wants to come and just lay his hands on you. That's why we've been talking about the fire of God resting on us, uh, uh, the day of Pentecost. And suddenly he came and he laid his hands on them. Huh. Where well, they now received the power of the Holy Ghost, the filling of the Holy Ghost. Ooh. Come on now. Disciples are made by becoming one with whom they have been baptized by. Come on. Here it is. Number five, we cannot forsake the mandate in teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Come on now. We cannot forsake a mandate in teaching them. So we go preaching the good news. Number two, we make them disciples through the preaching of the good news. They're made disciples. We give them the opportunity to choose to follow by baptizing them. We seal it By baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But then we now teach them what it is to be a disciple. Ah, come on now. Verses 19 and 20 is where we make disciples. Verse 20 is where they are now given their certificate. This is now where they're given a place And we put you in this room and we start teaching you. We take you to the next room. Took you through kindergarten, elementary, high school. Now you're in college. Let's teach you how to use and apply the word of God. Jesus mandates that when the disciples are being made, they must be taught the importance to observe, to keep watching over by remaining committed in obeying his word, and his command. I like what 2 Thessalonians 3, 4, and 7 says here. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. Next verse. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brethren. Hear this, come on, be focused. Now we command you, brethren, in the same in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away, here it is, that you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life. Not according to the tradition which you have received from us. Like this, for you yourselves know. How you ought to follow our example. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. I want you to stay right there. Keep that up there if you can. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. See, this is what this generation does not want. They don't want a preacher to tell them that if you're going to be connected to me, you ought to know how to follow my example. Do you see your bishop out cussing? Do you hear of your bishop out living a life that is unruly? Because you're connected to me and because I made you. Did you hear that? See, he gives us responsibility. See, see, see the word of God. See, Paul is saying uh, to the men, he's saying because we made you, because we made you, we made you disciples. We won you to Christ. See, see, God gives us. Come on now, he he gives us the responsibility to hold those that we have won to Christ accountable to how we taught them. Ooh. If I taught you right, then I have the right to hold you to you living right. I didn't teach you that way. Your mother does that. Uh, boy, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't teach you to disrespect women. What's your problem? Uh, I I didn't teach you to walk around here with uh, with your pants all sagging. Uh, I I didn't teach you to walk around with dirty shoes on. Uh, I raised you to be a man of God, and that's what I want to see, a man of God. I've lived right before you. I've lived holy before you. I I have lived, and I've lived a God-centered life before you. So I expect that you do the same thing if you're going to say that you're one of my disciples. Did you hear that? You ought to know how you should act. Because when I had you, I didn't live a life that was undisciplined, unruly, unethical. I wasn't the best mother or teacher, but I lived a godly life in front of you. I gave you Jesus. I put Jesus in front of you. I put Jesus in your food. I put Jesus in your bath water. I put Jesus in your ear. I I, I put Jesus on the TV. I I taught you how to honor Sunday. I I, I taught you that when you get up on Sunday morning, uh, you shouldn't be watching the TV and listening and all that. You should be preparing your mind for worship. I I taught you how to live righteously as we close here. I want you to hear that theme again. Having the will and Christ-like mindset to reclaim the next generation will not be an easy task. However, if we are willing to allow Christ to take the center of their hearts, then we must go. This is our prayer. I want you to stand on your feet as I pray this prayer today. As I pray this prayer, I want you to lift your hands. Let us pray as we pray on today. Let's think of the one place we can go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us think about how we can care for the disciples that we win for Christ. Let us consider that everyone needs to hear the gospel. Come on, I want you to to hear this prayer. So, Father, we ask that you keep us from prejudice and biased ministry that only reaches those who look and act like us. Father, as we pray today, grant us the ability to build and create a Christ-centered model that baptizes them into the body of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, ministry of worship, y'all get ready. Father, grant us the discipline to write and to create a universal curriculum that teaches and empowers every disciple that you allow us to make so that they will know and live out your word and your command. Let this be our prayer. Jesus, we love you. There's power in the blood. Wonderworking power in the blood of the Lamb. Come on, I want you to just begin to ask and just begin to ask the Lord to forgive you for not being available to go. Being afraid to preach and to missing the opportunities to make disciples, whatever it might be. Uh, I'm biased to going into certain areas because I might be afraid or I don't know what they're going to say. And they don't look like me, whatever it may be. I I, I missed the mark where, where, where I didn't bring them. We didn't bring them into the fullness of baptizing them and connecting them to the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We missed the moment where we... Didn't teach them correctly, forgive us. As we prepare to partake in the Lord's Supper, forgive us, Father. But Father, as you forgive us today, cause us to accept the mandate to go, therefore, and make disciples, and to go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit Father this is our prayer in Jesus name Father we thank you and we love you on today we, we magnify you Father we Father Father we thank you Father, we we love you and we thank you as we lift our hands we leave this place in a moment of worship we leave this place understanding that Jesus His Father the Holy Ghost represent my commitment to you and to serving Christ in the earth in Jesus name we pray amen I stretch my hands to these young men here and I pray over your life I pray that the blood of Christ will rest and rule in your life, all the days of your life. Father, we thank you now.